Hello, and welcome to DevOps Sauna. My name is Mark Dillon. I'll be your host today on a podcast called Organizational Stretching. I have here two amazing people from Efficode. First, I have Irina. Hello, my name is Irina Nordström, and I am the Head of People Operations in Efficode. Uh, in addition, I'm also a group exercise instructor in South Elixia, which has more than uh, 250 gyms in Scandinavia. Thank you, Irina. I also have Arto. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Arto Kiskinen, and uh, I'm, uh, let's say, agile coach, uh, trainer, but my focus or my, my passion is, is product ownership. Um, so I, I teach and, and train a lot of uh, product owners and also in that sense organizations. And I'm constantly always thinking of, uh, let's say, different viewpoints, different ways of thinking of how organizations can improve and become um, in, in, in more sense, more agile or, or better. So yeah, that, that's my passion. Great. So Arto brought this topic to us um, recently and was thinking about stretching and stretching in terms of physical stretching and stretching in terms of organizational stretching. And is there is there a connection here? So, so Irina, why do we need to stretch? I think we all know that stretching keeps muscles flexible, strong, and overall stretching increases the overall health and, and well-being. So in that sense, stretching has a lot of, lot of positive effects. I just want to continue maybe on Irina that why do we need to stretch is also the need for stretching. It, it becomes a bit more evident the older you get. <laughs> so so you maybe maybe you in your 20s, you were like, okay, what whatever is this thing? We don't need it. But then you know, as the, you become more mature, um, let's say mature, <laughs> nice world, we're not the older, <laughs> but but then you, you start up a little bit more aches and, and tightness and you're not so flexible anymore. True. And then you start to understand, okay, actually, this is needed. Yeah, every year we are actually less flexible if we don't <laughs> stretch. Yes. And... I wonder if there is also the same kind of thing with organizations, right? So let's say you have a young company, few people, um, things are very fluid and flexible by nature. Then you grow. Uh, um, you are not anymore five people, you are 10 people, you are 50 people, you are 100 people, you are 1,000 people. Now, are you as flexible as you were? Pro probably not. I mean, that's kind of an uh, aspect of stretching as a physical activity, keeping you flexible. And then as companies grow and become more older, they, they by nature, they just become more, I don't want to say inflexible, but <laughs> more. It, it's easy to become static. Yeah, mm. I can maybe tell one example from my own work history. I worked uh, in my history in a very big corporation and as part of my onboarding process I interviewed quite many of my new colleagues there 
in HR department. And actually one colleague said to me quite directly that, by the way, it's not worth of trying to renew every, anything here. <laughs> the ideas won't, won't be flying. <laughs> and I was a little bit in shock that is this really the truth? And of course, I actually, during my first month there, months there, I was a little bit worried to success anything new because of that one comment from that wow. one person. But luckily in the end, I noticed that actually this is not the whole, whole truth. And then I tried and actually I managed to get my ideas flying, but maybe the person had a little bit truth in that comment, <laughs> but uh, maybe they needed this fresh energy <laughs> to questionize these things. Yeah, it's, it's like often, you know, change is the only thing we can really count on. So it's, it's funny to kind of stack the things against the new yeah. person that you can't really change here or you can't stretch. But, you know, one of the things that I've noticed um, is that over the years, stretching itself has, has changed both in a physical aspect and in an organizational aspect. And in the physical aspect, um, uh, some of some of those of you who have been around for a while probably remember these kind of stretches where you you bend over and you hold it and you 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 push yourself down and 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 doing these kinds of stretches. But what has emerged in uh, the the last many years has been dynamic stretching, where instead of like pushing and holding in a stretch position, uh, we move back and forth in order to stretch and open up the joints and open up the the muscles in both sides. I've seen a lot of this in terms of how organizations are also dynamically starting to stretch. So uh, what do you guys see in terms of dynamic organizational stretching? What, what could that even mean? At least first thing that comes to my mind is that uh, something that you need to do not only once or once in a week or something like that, but it should be more the way of working the way of living. So, of course, these dynamic stretches that are currently maybe the most used and powerful methods in, in stretching, uh, you should do those, for example, before the workout. And also those are beneficial after the workout. Uh, so a little bit similar for the organization. Yeah, and I've, I've seen on the physical side of things, it's also kind of during the workout, you, you do one muscle group and then you do an opposite muscle group a lot, don't you now? Yep, yep, definitely. And when, when you are talking about workouts, then this could mean um, they could be projects, uh, they could be even sprints, they could be even uh, building a feature or, or making a release. You know, there's various different things that could be, and when you talk about a pre-workout stretch, post-workout stretch, then this could be also something. You know, when we talk about stretching within organization, um, what I'm thinking is, what does it actually mean? Are we talking about putting, uh, because we are basically with stretching, we are bending the body into a position that it's not normally in, so that we get the, the benefit of, of tendons and muscles 
uh, stretching. So what does it mean for teams, organizations? So maybe it means that we are putting people visiting a different role or, or doing somebody else's mm -hmm. job for a while to maybe get an understanding of, well, okay, what's the world from that point of view? And I'm also thinking that organizations and stretching, it could also mean just within a team, because what I see constantly within teams is that people are very comfortable within some area of, of the work within the team and they are not touching anybody else's area and people maybe become like a, a small castles. Um, so then why not occasionally just with like a, a permission of everybody, I'm going to now try to do that one uh, that you are normally doing. So that's kind of like stretching what i think is it's it's sort of then breaking the mold of always thinking the same way irina like you said pre-workout post-workout maybe the breaking the mold is is important and and now when i'm talking about it even the pre-workout <laughs> makes more, more sense in, in that sense what do you guys think there's something really interesting which is that irina was talking about continuous improvement I think if we think of that in an organizational mm -hmm. terms where you stretch before the workout, you stretch after the workout, sometimes even within the workout, you're doing different kinds of things. And what what we're not talking about is something I really wanted to highlight, which is we're not talking about pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing kind of stretching, stretching the organization to achieve, achieve, achieve more without changing other things. I think it's really really important. Um, and what we've done in Agile, um, not we specifically, but what the industry has unfortunately done in a lot of places is to turn sprints into marathons. So if you sprint and you, you, you stretch beforehand and you, you, you do a sprint and then you stretch after, you give a chance to, to breathe and recover. And we're not talking about just pushing, uh, stretching an organization by pushing people harder and harder and harder. Yeah, so, I, I agree totally. The, the sustainable pace yes. from the agile values is is uh, almost everywhere you look uh, and you, you, you talk to people and you talk to the teams and everybody's stressed. And this is just uh, so <laughs> depressing because it should not be that way. And it, when you when you learn to do agile well, you can avoid that stressed feeling. Um, so uh, I, I totally understand, Mark, what you are saying. Um, so yeah, yeah, that what what we are talking about stretching is not pushing for harder harder results. Uh, definitely not. It's um, I I think it's more uh, like I said before is 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 maybe looking for different points of view breaking the mold of thinking because different viewpoints are uh, even sometimes a disagreement or conflicts or or uh, or not having a consensus it's good because you are exposing the potential points that are going to hit you later in, in that sense, also, when we talk about organizational stretching, 
then I think it's also the stretching of let's think about this from a different point of view. Let's now consciously think about this from maybe a counter argument type of thinking. Uh, do, you, do you get my, my point? Yep, definitely. And uh, actually, the opposite for pushing stretching, I would, I would say is passive <laughs> stretching or maybe even go into the massage <laughs> because that's <laughs> not the point here. So if you are doing stretching, you still need to be active participant there. You need to move your muscles or you need to do some steps in the organization. So it's not just laying on a massage table and waiting that somebody else will do the job. So I think now when we are talking about stretching, uh, it's somewhere there in the middle, not pushing, not passive, but somewhere in the middle. Do you agree? I, I, I totally agree. And, and when you're talking about massage, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, now if you are, if you're having tightness and pain in your body, yeah, you can go to, a, uh, and sometimes maybe you need to go, uh, yeah. if it's too bad, you need to go to a, a, a somebody for help, which in organizations uh, uh, sense would be, okay, let's get some external help coaches mm -hmm. uh, like us come and help you. But that's not permanent that can't be the long-term solution so you have to learn to do this body maintenance and mm. the organization maintenance within yourself your skills um and then that's how you avoid uh, becoming tight and, and 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 having the pain in your body and in your organization yeah, I have I have a customer um, that I've been working with lately, and when I when I look at the development team, they're they're strong, dedicated, experienced people, and the they they are delivering and delivering and delivering. But the uh, the the difficult part is there's no extra space. They don't have a space to stretch into that would allow them to try something different or to uh, work on technical debt or improving how they do things. So one part of stretching um, is having the space to be able to stretch into. Um, oh. in, the, in the physical world, I think this is really neat because um, uh, when I started doing, doing yoga, which is you don't have to be flexible to start doing yoga. What it does is it provides mm. you the stretching and the platform for that. But what is the yoga mat for? And the yoga mat is not just to cushion the ground between, between you, your, your body and, and the ground. It's also it gives you a space that's your own within the, the yoga class or even within your living room or wherever you're working to be able to stretch into. Most of the exercises fit there nicely. So within organizational stretching, the thing that kind of fascinates me is if, if we allow the teams a bit more space and we trust that they're going to, to do something good with that, then it allows them to stretch into things that maybe we didn't even plan for that can be positive, like innovation, for example. Yeah, that's a good point, Mark. Um, usually people know that they should stretch but still many people don't do that why because we are quite lazy we human beings we are quite lazy as a nature 
So sometimes we really need that space and a little push for that to an opportunity. And what I think is, I totally agree, Irina, about the laziness. And that is um, that many, many, if, if we're talking about engineers, for example, a lot, lot of our customers are, are, are software engineers, they like to create, they like to work, and they actually, I think, you know, we, we get uh, dopamine or we get some physical good sensation from completing things. That's addictive, and that is the least resistance choice always. We, we, we get satisfaction from, from that work, and we, we tend to forget that we need that space, Mark, that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's uh, the, everything within product development organizations has been the process of creation is always about managing the flow of work. Let's work on these tickets. Let's work on these user stories. And the space, it has to be in the same way as stretching has to be something that we know that we have to do. We have to have that discipline to take that time. Um, so in that sense, what I would like to see is that, for example, if you go to the gym, Quite many times the gym layout is organized so that when you finish with your workout, you have to actually walk through the area where you people are stretching mm -hmm. to get to the dressing rooms to remind you that, okay, actually I need to do this as well because these other guys are doing it. So in, in that sense, we should also figure out in our teams and, and that how can we in the same way remind ourselves that we have to take that uh, uh, space and we, you know, in taking the space could be, let's not overload every sprint to the maximum velocity or that let's take like uh, scaled agile is talking about this extra innovation sprint. Um, so there are very many different ways how we could take that space, uh, but it's just, it has to be something that the team understands we we should be taking and the also management supports <laughs> taking it. Yeah, so it should be like a routine. Yes, yes, and, and, and it, it should become a habit and not uh, something extraordinary that we do once a year. Mm -hmm. mm, exactly. How do you, Arto, actually? Uh, how often do you stretch? Are you talking about the physical stretching <laughs> or organization? You stretching? decide. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, my signal is that if if I, I get tightness, I, I stretch. So I, it's a few times a week for, for my, my physical side. Um, interesting question about the organizational st side. Um, actually, I have to think about that. I ha I haven't haven't uh, been thinking maybe that's yeah. already routine for you so you uh, don't recognize that <laughs> it, it can be so uh, i have an example so like uh, artho mentioned like the there's the sixth sprint in safe kind of thing and there's we talk about these 20 percent allocation for experimentation we talk about this a lot in in, in devops and agile which basically means that um you may take 
every Friday and say that the team works on technical debt or every Friday and say that the team does a code cap on an interesting feature. Or uh, one of my favorites is I absolutely insist whenever I work with a scrum team that there is a moment of their lives where they are not responsible for working on tickets. So it could be an hour. That's usually a pretty uh, reasonable minimum. But at the end of the sprint, when the retrospective is done and all of the work is done, there is a time for people to exist without being on the hook for specific work. Mm. And that then becomes a habit. And people start to understand, okay, so now we're doing that every sprint or every Friday. So this, uh, I think I heard uh, Arto say once, habit stacking. So it's like once once you start understanding that you have a pulse and the pulse has has a breathing moment in it where we can stop after the retrospective, after all the tickets are done and stretch. I think and that's a really interesting way. Yes, and it's quite personal because this this uh, and when I say personal, I mean the one team finds a way to do it, but it, that that way maybe doesn't suit the other team. So, so we 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 just need to find our way of of doing this. I have a, another example. I was working with a customer that has routine of of uh, cheese days or used of payment in in Finnish. So they they just every couple of months they booked two days, typically two days for work where they would do anything. Um, it could be fixing minor bugs, or it could be you know, investigating something, um, new technology, or, or just creating something fun, whatever. But then uh, they were getting, they had habits stacked that to the point that if they hadn't done cheese day for a while, then the team was asking product owner, Hey, let's. We haven't done a cheese day for a while. Let's let's do now uh, again. So, I, I I totally loved their approach because that was now like a a pressure event for the team, um, and also uh, allowing them to catch up on on minor bug count or or other 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 stuff like that. So you can have many different ways of doing it. It's just understanding to need to do it. I love that new term for me, cheese days. <laughs> and, and yes, as, as you Arto said, uh, I think all organizations should find their the best methods for them to do this organizational stretching. And the same is, of course, also with physical stretching. Some people prefer to do it in a group uh, or in a, going to the class to do that. But maybe some people want to do it alone at their home or or using different methods for doing the stretching mm -hmm. there is no right or wrong way to do it yeah yeah definitely and if if you're doing it alone you know it could be just okay let's investigate something and then um new technology or or maybe uh, i don't know how to refactor part of code or or then just study something or, 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 and then we can tell others about it. Just educate the rest of the team or rest of the organization about it. Or it, it could just minimal, it could be reading a book 
and then you know quickly telling others what what the book was about um, mm -hmm. stuff, stuff like this and i've seen this happen um in in some of my customers that have, have a practice of of sharing concepts uh, uh, regularly like every month somebody is talking about something that they've investigated the thing that i like about this justopaiva this cheese day is that it has uh there's there's kind of a framework that somebody can push a button and say let's have a cheese day and then there's a, a random kind of component, which is that somebody can bring a topic. They can exactly. say, let's, let's refactor this thing, or let's go swimming, or let's, but let's have and allow some period of time for people to do something that is not, you know, the, the well-groomed, uh, strictly estimated, um, uh, highly optimized scrum patterns that uh, we're all working for. Exactly. It's refreshing, right? Yes. Refresh, recover and refresh, I think. Yes. yes. Um, I've been also thinking about team composition uh, because when we talk about organizational stretching, then quite many organizations, they are, the, the organization is very static. Um, and then, uh, okay, there might be some movement on the management or high above uh, level, but, but the people in the teams, they, they tend to be, okay, same people, same teams, and, you know, many organizations are still working in component uh, organization uh, type of thing that, and we are responsible for this component that's what we are building and then you know somebody integrates it down the line um so what would stretching mean in this kind of situation i think it could mean uh seeking maybe occasionally virtual teams or feature teams or some sort of task forces that are collecting experts from multiple uh, teams and putting them together to achieve something maybe faster or or um, more efficiently than the rest of the normal let's say business as usual work is going i think there's something really interesting there you said uh you said task force um which uh, if I think of my personal uh, stretching, so I, I do yoga most mornings, um, usually for just a few minutes, but it kind of gets the gets everything moving and, and stretched out a little bit. But I see a lot of uh, benefits from seeing a nopropath that puts their fingers into the joints and into the tendons and kind of loosens things up a little bit. I can't necessarily always do that with a tennis ball on the wall or a, a foam roller on the floor or something. So I can ask someone to come in and loosen up things that uh, are too tight for me to loosen. So one of the things in uh, software organizations that I've really appreciated over the years is to be able to put a task force together of either internal or external and point at them at a problem and say, rise this problem to um, you know, either put out all of the fires or preferably rise this uh, thing to a state-of-the-art kind of level. Because in software development, we're getting to the point where many organizations are running most of their processes and tools at, at a, at a state-of-the-art kind of level. 
So this tiger team kind of thing, it could be deployment automation or test automation or these kinds of things can help the rest of the organization stretch by offloading part of their burden and allowing them to focus on value creation while someone else kind of comes in and brings everything up to a, to a good state or a known state. Mm. In that sense, I agree. It can be a good thing. And there's also, uh, I have to say, uh, also a risk there. If, if that becomes the, uh, if there is now a team of supermen that, that always jumps in to solve the difficult problems, then that doesn't sound so good. So <laughs> I think it would be excellent if this is seen as a opportunity also, not put always the, like the supermen to, to do this task force. It, it should be also a learning opportunity for, for people so that you, you sort of change the composition of these tiger teams or task forces. There's a continuation exactly there, Arto, which is that in many organizations, um, we find that the, the bottleneck is, is a human. And this is, this is the Superman guy who, is, who owns that component or who is the gatekeeper for the, the code review on, on that uh, software program or something where it, it kind of prevents the rest of the organization from being able to stretch and grow. So mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, the most valuable um, person and relationship in the organization can actually prevent the rest of the organization from being able to stretch. Mm -hmm. And maybe, <laughs> again, for those supermen, maybe for them, the stretching would be okay, can I now take a step back and become just the sort of architect or supporting person and then have somebody else solve this? That would be now, okay, I, I, don't, do, I don't solve it, I'll help you solve it. I, I mean, that's hugely beneficial for the organization. Now you have two people that can solve similar problems in the future instead of just the one Superman. Yes. So in, in that sense, also now, if we take about stretching because what i like about um um okay let me see that that organizational stretching can also mean that you do like i think i, I said in the beginning a visiting role or or you go somewhere else and and learn how they do it or you participate in something different uh, for example, sometimes uh, when I was uh, coaching, then I just joined uh, my product manager coaches for their course. And uh, just for one module, I was a visiting uh, coach for that module, which, you know, it, it forced me to, okay, familiarize myself with some new material uh, that, and then actually go in front of people talk about it so it it forced me to learn new things and um, and in in that sense i think that most organizations to do this uh, uh not enough so that we, we we would go and visit and try and and look at how what what others are doing and how they are doing it 
I think there's a really interesting thing here as well, Arto, which is that you can sometimes force people to uh, stretch into something that is uncomfortable for them. Um, but as knowledge workers, uh, there are many people who do want to specialize. And um, if you have a kernel guy and you ask him to do some uh, UI development, uh, they might not like that um, quite a bit. So there's also these these kind of limits to stretching, I think, aren't there? That, you know, how, how, can, how do we know when to limit and how to limit uh, stretching people in organizations, especially like with with these kinds of things about skills and cross functionality. Yeah, it's like bodybuilders at the gym who, who doesn't want to stretch at all. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And, and obviously when, when you are stretching, then if you feel pain and you, you, you shouldn't be pushing the body at, at least mm. too far into yeah. the pain. Um, and I guess, Mark, what you are saying, if if somebody is really, uh, really feeling that if the, if they would be forced, if the kernel guy would be forced to do the UI, then he would be so painful. It doesn't make any sense to, to go that far, right? Yeah. And I'm just going to remind our listeners that um, the the culture within the company is so important these days because you want to attract and keep the best talent that you can. And word gets out. If you push people and you, you don't uh, take feedback and things like this into account, you could, you could end up losing people and having difficulty getting that kind of talent again. Um, one of the things about uh, you know, feedback and culture is like listening to people and then being able to stretch the organization or the rules or the ways of working in order to meet the most needs of people. And I think that's really interesting. Mm. However, if we just, if we, if we change the, the goals for, for the person, let's take the kernel, the person as an example. Right. If we, if we, if we take the goal, goal is not, to become as good and efficient and fast in the UI development as, as the guy who normally does it. What if the goal is just to understand how he does it? And then maybe that takes totally different uh, stress level. And now, now the guy is understanding, okay, I don't need to become good. I, I just want to do it once so that I understand how he's doing it so that maybe we can collaborate better in the future. Now, that might be something that's more interesting to him. So we just need to, like you said, talk to him, um, understand if, if that's interesting or, or not. Then now we have, we have, we have taken the, the stretch a little bit back from the painful level into maybe some level that, that, that benefits the team. And when you, when you talked about how organization is viewed as an employer or mm -hmm. so attractive 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 yeah. yes so now what if we have two organizations that a person is interested in joining one of them is very strict in okay everybody is in their uh, specialized power and we we don't really know there's really no not so much movement and the other one 
has a, a reputation that, okay, here it's all right, and we occasionally uh, allow people to just try things out, no pressure, uh, you don't need to succeed, it's all okay to fail, but we allow you to do different things. Now, I think, okay, different people might be attracted to different kind of organizations, but in, it might be sometimes useful to have this kind of reputation that, that uh, in here it's okay to experiment uh, and we do different things uh, once in a while and, and we, don't, uh, we, we don't punish if you don't succeed on it. Um, it's just, uh, it, it's more fun. So uh, I think that, that kind of organization might be uh, more attractive to, to people. Definitely, Arto. Yes, and, and also the same from the, from the gym. When I have these group fitness classes, uh, these flexibility classes, I always say to people that if you have some kind of injury or some other pain uh, during the class, in, in one position, you shouldn't do that, then just figure out something else instead. So it's a little bit similar, similar that you are not forced to do something that feels very bad. Mm -hmm. as, as resistant to change as we humans can be, um, there's, there's still something that, that has always fascinated me, uh, like what Irina was talking about, which is that movement is medicine. Mm -hmm. So, so many times, even if we have an injury, without pushing too hard, moving that area is better than than freezing that area or, or not moving. And within organizations, I think there's also this kind of tendency where, rather than uh, you know, organizations used to be very fixed hierarchies for a very long time, and then we've gotten to virtual teams, dynamic teams. Um, self-organized teams and a lot of people are a little bit afraid of this especially if they came from a from a hierarchy uh, kind of background um, and I think this is really interesting how the, the the world is starting to understand that if we if we get good people and we give them the right environment then they can stretch into things that weren't even uh, thought possible before and, and many uh, knowledge workers are attracted to to companies and positions which offer learning. Uh, even you know if you, if you would take somebody, um, you know you get this much money in that company and this much money in that company. Which of the companies is long term going to be better for me professionally for my skill development? I, I think many, many engineers would choose the one that offers better learning pot potential uh, over the, the better money. Um, so, and then in that sense, uh, if we have two organizations, one of them has a reputation of stretching and the other one is reputation of, okay, we just keep uh, sitting in the same position forever. Um, so yeah, definitely I, I would, I uh, think that the, the first one is the more attractive one for, for employers, employees. Yep, definitely. Usually the number one, uh, the most important point for em employees to like be satisfied within the, with the employer um, is the meaningful job. So, and mm. I, I believe that, as you Arto said, that if, if the employer is able to provide uh, these learning opportunities, 
of course, the work uh, feels more meaningful then. And this also comes back to the to the space that Mark you 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 brought up earlier, that uh, learning opportunities and and space and and also even showing the value that that the organization values that learning and values that set let's say skill stretching. Yeah, and this kind of um, situation requires. Um, right organization culture a culture that enables um, like freedom that you have that space but also is able to trust you and give you the responsibility so mm. i i always think that responsibility and freedom they go hand in hand and acknowledgement no, yeah. when when somebody is doing it, uh, I mean, you, you Irina, when you are maybe having a stretching class, and I, I mm. bet you are saying to the the people, "Ah, oh, great job! Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah!" You, so, uh, in in that same sense, right? If, yeah. if somebody is doing an organizational stretch, we should acknowledge and 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 thank or uh, say that they are doing a good job, or or uh, not only the bosses but the rest of the people. Yeah, for sure. Having good atmosphere. It's one of my favorite things at Efficode is on our Slack channels. Uh, we have a good vibes channel and uh, we share good vibes about experiences with, with each other all the time. And they can be helping somebody through a technical issue. Um, but they're often things about uh, more what some people would call soft skills. They're, they're more, uh, you know, support of how how should I think about a problem? How should I approach a problem as a consultant? How do I how do I feel great about going with a customer when I have some difficult problems to solve? And there's a lot of kind of emotional support that we can give uh, one another through good vibrations as well, which I think is really cool. Um, I'm kind of curious, um, Irina, you've been with EffiCode for how long now? Almost six years. Almost six years, and you've seen a lot of growth. Of yeah. Code. So, would you like to tell us anything about how you've seen um, Effie Code's organization stretch um, during your tenure here as head of HR? Well, I have seen that a lot, <laughs> very, very lot. Uh, I would say, for example, one one is how we have been capable uh, to improve our internal processes. So, of course, when the company grows, uh, there are usually the need to like fine tune the processes, maybe uh, implement new tools and uh, maybe like name some people who are responsible for the processes. And I think we have done a very, very good job in that area in the, I think, in the latest two years. We have to take huge steps forward. So there's something about uh, that I've noticed um, in my time here that it's like keeping up with the growth, I think is really important. So we think about continuous improvement as, as kind of one angle, but I think another one is that acknowledging as you are growing, 
that new things may arise that weren't, you know, perhaps weren't as important to have a strict process behind before or even a documented or responsible person. But then as we grow, we have to keep up with the growth in order to uh, not allow it to become debt. There's something we talk about technical debt a lot in the world, but um, there's a term that I've been using for some time called organizational debt. And organizational debt is where, where we know that there are things that are disorganized and we allow those to pile up. Have either of you seen organizational debt in your work or does that ring any bells? I was exactly mm. thinking because um, we, we joined Efficode now a few months ago and I think I'm seeing a little bit organizational debt as um, um, it's not big things but it's just small, annoying things that I notice <laughs> that probably the rest of Efficodians have tolerated um, and I would not like to tolerate. So, but I think this is normal as a, as a growing, then yeah. what, what was working one year ago might not work so well today. Right, the, exactly. the organization, company changes and, and so on. Exactly, and that's the point that actually we can we are never ready. So, for example, in my team in, in human resources, we are like critically re-evaluating our processes, I would say, in annual basis that we check that, okay, now we have this kind of onboarding process, but is there still something that we should maybe modify or make it even better and for this situation? Because as, as you said, Mark, uh, when the company grows, there are different stages and maybe something that worked with uh, 200 people doesn't work anymore with 500 people. There's a couple of really interesting points here that you two uh, just uh, brought up. Um, the, the first one, I think, is about um, the diversity. So uh, Arto uh, worked for Contrabyte, which is one of the companies that has uh, merged with Efficode uh, recently and had a very different working culture. And what this in my terms is, is it brought a diversity and a different point of view and a, and a different culture that then starts to uh, cook and brew into a new uh, operating culture for all of us. And I think that, that the diversity angle um, different points of view come in and they see things differently and might even see opportunities to improve that we didn't even know before needed to be improved. And I think that's really neat. Mm, again, like a different viewpoint. It's, um, I, I think these things should be like good viruses, right? So mm -hmm. you, you, you are infected by the, some, some of the contribute ways of working. I, I'm not saying everything we did was good because within a, with a, uh, uh, definitely I, I see lots of good things in Neficode uh, that you, are, you guys are doing much better than, than what we were doing. Yeah, but we are really eager to hear about yes. those well-working practices and, and maybe we can yeah. have a shared session after this and discuss more about those. <laughs> And on, on the other side, there was something um, that I think was really important as well, which is uh, when there's a thing called lean and uh, many companies uh, are working in lean manner. Um, but one thing that's really important with lean is that everybody agrees to do things one way for long enough 
to measure it and see if it's working or not before making changes. And this is a really neat thing where, okay, we can plan stretching within that structure. So let's say that we have a really uh, well-oiled machine uh, running Scrum and it has 20% uh, every Friday, people get together and they work on different things. And we run this for six months or a year before making any kinds of changes to understand what happens when it settles and it just starts, starts moving. So stretching doesn't have to disrupt working processes. It can be something that is allowed to still work in a lean environment where everybody does things the same way and we can measure that and we can try to improve on it, but we still give an opportunity for different types of learning, different types of experimentation and things like this. I think that's really neat. It, the, the whole organization doesn't need to stretch the same way. Yes. Um, you, could, you could have different experiments going on the, the uh, what works and what doesn't work. And then it's just the importance of communities and sharing the results of these stretching experiments within the community. Then the, the good practices would, would become more popular and then what didn't work so well are less popular or, or then in the fringe teams. But, but that, that would, I don't want to force everybody to do, to do it the same way. That, that doesn't sound right. I think that's a really, really good point, that uh, this allowance of stretching for everyone to do their own way. Mm -hmm. one, yeah. one thing which we haven't talked yet is, is trust. Um, I, I see this quite often when you go and visit uh, organizations, you, you get a little bit of a sense of lack of trust or, or not, not, not that much lack, but, but you get the feeling that there could be more trust. Is that uh, something that you've seen as well? Yes. Yep. <laughs> and I've, I've wondered now when we're talking about this stretching, it, the, the 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 trust is somehow tied into into understanding of how others are working and why they are working in that way because most everybody that we see are intelligent people they 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 try their best they they want the best for the the company or the the, the team or the organization or the product and still we we get the sense that there could be more trust now that tells me that there there would almost always be room for more understanding of why others are working in that way that they are working there's a term that i've used for a while called asymmetric trust uh, it actually comes from uh, a cybersecurity um, angle of things but um, I think that uh, trust can be a decision, and uh, it's not only something that's earned. I think that tr you can decide to trust someone. And what I see in some organizations is where there is a uh, symmetrical mistrust. So if I'm a leader and I don't believe that my team trusts me, um, and maybe I'm even showing them that I don't trust them, what can I do 
And I think one of the most important things I can do is I can choose to trust my organization and show it and demonstrate it through action. And then that will allow the organization to say, okay, this, this person really trusts us. So how are we going to respond to that? And part of it, I think, is to actually try to, to build the trust that is being demonstrated, that's being given. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the key points when building the trust is really see the effect on that. So when people see that, okay, when we trust more each other, we can get better results. It's yes. like the same as in every workout. Would it be stretching or maybe cardio workout? When you start seeing the results, what that brings to you, then of course it motivates you more to continue doing that. I, I, I forget who it was that some big politician said that the only way to know if you can trust somebody is to trust somebody. <laughs> yes, oh, I yeah. love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But but the, the, yeah, the increasing the trust is is something that would would benefit most most organizations and 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 then it is the let's say the organizational stretching or viewpoint switching or role visiting or or somehow other ways of understanding others uh, this is this is important i think this this trust is a is a really great place for us to to close this podcast um, I'd like to ask, um, do Irina and Arto, would you like to, to share anything further on this, this great discussion we've had on organizational stretching? Maybe one, one thing from my side. Um, stretching, of course, that boosts uh, the flow of blood and oxygen in the muscles. And that, of course, give you an energy boost. And I hope that this same organizational stretching could give us, uh, when doing that, give this kind of energy boost. Excellent. Arto. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe some just final thoughts on, on, on just uh, also the attractiveness and, and, uh, and even like a posture or, or pose or how does the organization look uh, to the outside eyes? Lots of people are looking at your organization, your uh, uh, partners, uh, your, your customers, uh, your potential people who want to work with you. Uh, lots of people are looking at your company, your organization, and, and how do you appear to be outside? And, and do you appear to be you know, standing straight in, in, a, in a, let's say, good and trustworthy posture uh, it's important and I think that what we were talking about over the, the past hour is as in stretching allows you to maintain that good and attractive posture then the organizational stretching also allows you to maintain that same um, same kind of organizational posture or pose or uh, maintains your attractiveness so yeah, that's that's one my, my final thought. Excellent. Um, thank you both to Arto and Irina. 
Today, we've talked about how stretching has become more dynamic, both in uh, the physical world and in the organizational world. We've realized that some of the best skill development can, can come from giving people the space in order to, to stretch themselves and stretch the way that they work. One size doesn't necessarily fit all, so it can be different in your organization, but we're all interested in continuous improvement and providing a space at, to, to stretch and improve the employees makes you look better from the outside and the inside, helps you retain and attract the best talent and helps attract the best kinds of customers. And most importantly, it also boosts energy inside the organization if you allow people the, the space to stretch. This has been uh, Mark Dillon, Arthur Kiskinen, and Irina Nordstrom. Uh, this is the DevOps Sauna podcast. And I'd like to thank you all for joining.